0: Welcome to the Next Talk Podcast, where we share real stories and practical advice for parenting the digital world. We're your hosts,
1: Mandy and Kim. Mandy is an award-winning author and the founder of Next Talk, and I'm the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization created to strengthen families through open communication. You can check out all of our resources at nexttalk.org.
0: We're wives, moms, and friends tackling culturally relevant topics from a Christian perspective. We're sharing what we've learned and where we've failed. We're so glad you're here for this conversation. Okay, so we have a couple reasons why we're doing this show. This is like a back-to-basics show, uh, next talk. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing is, and we get these questions all the time, the first is, I've got one kid who likes to tell me everything. And I've got another kid who tells me nothing. And the parents are like, they're being raised by the same parents. Like yes. what is happening here?
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure most of us can relate to that. Cause you know, I have three kids. All three are different. They talk at different times, different seasons. And so it's important to know your kid, know their personality naturally. Like I have a talker, whether we were an open communication family or not, he would be talking. He'd be talking all the time. And then I have one that's a lot more quiet. And so knowing those things is kind of your baseline is super healthy.
0: Well, and I know one time you told me too, though, Kim, and this is quoting you because this was a very good point. You said, even if you have a talker, are they talking about important things? Because they could just be giving you all kinds of information, but you're not really getting into deep level stuff, right? So just because you have a talker doesn't mean you are creating open communication. And I think we need to clarify that. The other part of this equation is, yes, you got to know your kid and there's different personalities involved, but what if you had a talker and then they become a non-talker and then you're like, oh my gosh, wait, we had open communication and now it's gone. What am I doing here? And I think this is where we really kind of want to dive into the show because we really need to ask ourselves, what phase of open communication are you in? We have walked
1: through open communication and how it affects your family for all these years. And we really identified that there's like these four phases that you go through. One of them is ongoing. It never stops, but they're pretty typical. And we hear from a lot of different parents when they're going through one of them, we're like, oh yes, you're in this phase. And it helps to know that, you know, it's kind of normal. It's something to expect and something to understand. So really the first phase is called build. That's what we're calling it. This is where we're building trust in the relationship. And this is the one that's ongoing. It's a different type of building as your kids get older or with your spouse or with your friend, but it all gears towards trust in that foundation in your relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, any healthy relationship that you have in your life, you're constantly kind of going to live here with that, you know, building trust, um, being a safe place and that sort of thing. This is a key component of Next Talk. It's like a back to basics, like step one of everything, right? That we do here. And so we couldn't really cover all that we wanted to cover in this build phase in this show because we wanted to really cover the phases. And so we just did a whole show on creating a safe place. And in that show, we laid out some core principles and practical steps that you need to take to build this safe place, this, this culture of conversation that we always talk about, this healthy dialogue that you want with your kids. And so this phase one is build. And and like Kim said, you're going to live there. This is an ongoing phase. But these other phases that we're going to talk about, they're going to come and go. And it's like a deeper level of what's happening. So so step one is you're going to build.
1: I do want to give a warning for step one that I went through and I see other moms and dads go through. This is that building trust phase and maybe you've just heard about Next Talk or you're just just digging in and you're like, I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all the things and my kid still isn't really opening up. Don't quit. I had that same experience with all three of mine. It takes a minute for them to really trust you that no matter what I bring to mom or dad, no matter how bad it is. They're not going to shut me down. They're not going to sweep it under the rug. They're going to answer my question or they're going to help me process this hard or crazy thing. And so you have to give it some time, keep trying different things, you know, pray about God creating space where you find that special time where they open up. It takes a lot of commitment and you've got to be patient.
0: Well, and I'm so glad you said this. And, And for older parents too, you may think, oh, it's too late. I missed my window to build. Listen, you've never missed your window to build. Ever so so, say your marriage is in shambles. Start start building, right? Yeah. There's always. I mean, I have seen God restore parent kid relationships, marriages. Start building, okay, and keep building, and you're gonna live in this build phase. Phase two. This phase cracks me up. Kim named this phrase. <laughs> she calls it waterfall. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, imagine yourself standing under a waterfall, and it's just constant pressure, water <laughs> on you. That is like constant doing. information. Yes. It's all the things, everything. And most of the time it's not really important or bad things, but now they're like, oh my goodness, you've built this foundation. I can trust you. So they tell you everything all day long at bedtime. They want to talk and you're like, okay, I didn't want to know this much. But this phase is super duper important that you listen because they're doing what we have asked them to do, especially with your kids. Um, We've said, tell me everything, let me know. And now that they're doing it, we don't want to shut it down. We want to say, thank you for coming to me. I I always think of it as like they've been carrying around this heavy load, like this full bucket of stuff. And now you've given them a place to pour out all this water, take off the pressure, carry the load with them. And it literally is like they pour the bucket over your head and it's a waterfall of information.
0: You guys, I remember when Kim, you know, her kids are younger than, than mine. And so I remember her one night, she was like texting me in a frantic and she was like, Mandy, is it supposed to be this way? Like, they're, <laughs> they're telling me everything, every thought. <laughs> and I was like, sister, I know, I know it feels like a lot right now, but don't dismiss them. Because sometimes what they bring you is like silly stuff. You know, like, like you've said, um, maybe you've, you've given your reporting guidelines. Like we have that show about tell your kids what to report. So for example, you have been very clear about telling your kids anything in a bathing suit or less, because, you know, you need a threshold when they're little of just trying to catch that pornography piece. You know, it doesn't believe you all bathing suit pictures are bad or anything like that, but that's your threshold. And then all of a sudden they're bringing you pictures of these cartoon characters on Roblox that it is totally not pornography at all. Like it is totally not, (laughs) but it's a little abating suit, you know, and you want to just like laugh it off and be like, ah, that's so silly that you don't have to tell me those things. Don't do that because what it does, it's just creating this standard operating procedure in their brain. When I see something alarming or something that mom and dad have told me to report, I'm going to go report to them. And then you have a really good response. You're not crazy. You're not dismissive. You're not acting like it's no big deal. You're saying thank you. In the next phase, you're going to start having those conversations about how this is going to change over time because you're getting older. But in this waterfall stage, we just want to set it up. Like you tell me, I'm going to say thank you kind of situation.
1: Well, and I'm gonna give the same advice here because I run into moms all the time that sound just like me when my kids were younger that are like, Why? <laughs> make it stop. And First I say the th- name. <laughs> yeah. I say the same thing. Don't quit. Just like it, when they weren't talking, push through, say the thank you, keep listening. The next phase is
0: coming and it's good. You know, as an older mom with a younger mom, I would say let me challenge you on this. I know it sounds exhausting right now, but what about in a couple years when their friend group is looking at porn and they're all texting it and they know how to hide it from you? Do you want your kid to tell you or not? Like, let me challenge you right there. Because what you're doing is you're setting up an environment where they're used to telling you and they know that you're not going to go crazy. Or overreact or or respond badly or take away the technology, you're not gonna do any of those things. And so it is a great way. Again, you're living in this space of building trust through this waterfall stage. Do you see how that carries over and over? So, so phase one is that build, phase two is what our Kim likes to call the waterfall stage, which I love the name of it by the way. Phase three is really cool, but it is very critical that you move from phase two to phase three with a good conversation because phase three is wean. We're
1: weaning them off of the waterfall because they're not always going to be under our roof. They're not always going to be able to ask us or share with us or process with us. And so as they're getting older, we need to teach them how to protect their own heart and mind. And what does that look like? I know in our house, when my son, my oldest son, he started coming to me, you know, and he was telling me everything. And some of the things were very benign, or there were things that he had seen a number of times. Some of them were bad, but they weren't new. And he'd tell me, and I'd say, "Well, you know, do you want to talk that through? Were you able to um, guard your heart against that? What did you do?" And like he had a plan and he's like, yeah, it's fine. Like I didn't even think about it again. And so those were the examples I used when we sat down and talked about it. And I said, there's going to be things that you're going to see or hear that you will immediately be able to guard your heart. You'll be able to think of the, the scripture that we talked about and move past it and not dwell on it. Those are things that you can process on your own versus you see or hear something and you find yourself going back to it. Thinking about it, laying in bed at night, being curious. Those are the things we still need to be talking about. I said, You can still tell me everything, but it's time for you to start kind of taking control of the things that you know how to process already. You're getting older, you're mature, you've proven yourself, and I trust you. And so that has been such a cool phase to watch him learn how to take care of himself, but also still come to me with the
0: things that really bother him. You did a great job, Kim, of laying that out. Um, This is where. You're teaching your kid how to discern what they need to speak out loud to you and process with you versus what they can handle on their own. And this is healthy as your kids get older. Guys, you cannot have your college kid be texting you every day as they're being exposed to something at college. Like it'll be you just leave the phone on then. You just- <laughs> that cannot that cannot be right. And so this phase is critical because you're teaching them what do I need help with? And what do I not need help with? Kim, you said one distinct thing that I always tell my kids, you said, if you're laying down at bed at night, and you keep thinking and thinking and thinking, and this is this thing is causing you stress, then that's something we need to talk about. So for example, you know, our reporting guideline of anybody in a bathing suit or less, they can't report that to you through middle school. So then it becomes kind of like, Just tell me about the highly sexualized ones that maybe you're thinking about, or you're going back to, or let's process that together. And then we start having conversations about self-control and the thought process there and taking our thoughts captive and how it's okay to notice beauty with boys and girls. You know what I mean? Like with boys and girls, like with muscles and with tone and all that kind of stuff, like that's normal human feelings. But what do we do with those feelings? Where do we go from here on that? And I feel like this is where a lot of discipleship can happen with your kids because the conversation becomes, you don't always have to process with me. Sometimes this is a you and Jesus conversation and you're processing it. Maybe you want to tell me afterwards, or maybe you don't, but this is where you're really discipling your kid to the next level.
1: It's an important skill you know, it's very important for them, not just personally, but as they go into their next relationships to know what things to talk about and how to talk about that and how to process and their relationship with Jesus. That's how they're going to grow their relationship, their faith relationship too, is depending on Him for answers and direction when they're struggling or stressed or dealing with something uncomfortable. We want them to turn to Jesus. So this is such an important phase, um, the wean phase, but it's imperative in this phase to still every once in a while, let them know, like, I'm so thankful to be your safe place. Like, this is something I say regularly to my oldest and all, all three of them. But just every once in a while, especially if I haven't, haven't heard from him in a while, I just want to remind him, hey, I know that you do so well with taking your thoughts captive. And, you know, Second Corinthians 10.5, and we talk about that. And But, you know, I'm, I'm here. For you And I still want you to know I'm your safe place and we can talk about anything. And sometimes they just need that reminder.
0: I think that's so, so, so wise. And then you can also throw in there just a practical thing that you can say in this conversation is, and hey, when your friends start doing something new, so something's new on the horizon, maybe you now know a friend having sex, or now you know your friend, a friend doing drugs, or now you know this, that's something we may want to process together, you know, so like anything big new that's happening in your life, like you don't have to handle that on your own. I'm here for you, you know, I'm a safe place, you know, I'm trustworthy, you know, I've, You remember that time when you told me when you were a little kid and you're going back to the waterfall phase, even though you're not calling it that in front of your kid, but you're saying, remember when you told me that? And I didn't tell anybody, like we processed it together and we walked through it. So you're just reminding them, like I am your safe place. I do want to reiterate again, you don't want to go from waterfall to wean without a conversation. Listen, I'm so passionate about this because with my first kid, I think I messed this up a bit. And now I'm going in and I'm perfecting it a little bit more with my second one. And I'm seeing what a difference it's making. So you, you have to say, Hey, we're moving from where you're telling me everything to the place where I trust you more. And so you're, you're getting mature, like make it an empowering conversation. You are growing and you're maturing and you're able to discern some things now. So you don't have to tell me about every bikini picture or you don't have to tell me about everything, but, but I do need you to keep telling me on new things or things that are bothering you. So again, make it like a, almost like, a another, don't call it these phases. These phases are just from moms. <laughs> do not tell your kid. Okay. Now you're in wean phase. They are.
1: Oh, oh, my goodness. goodness. No, they do would not make
0: so much fun of next time. Don't do that. This is a mom only conversation. But you do need to say to them, hey, you're maturing, empower them in that way. And so I'm trusting you. I'm seeing you grow in your relationship with the Lord like you got this. And if you ever are on the fence of do I need to tell mom or dad or not? Tell us just err on the side of caution and we'll talk about it. So you're
1: walked through this wean phase. The next phase is a you know, place that really you should be talking about, Mandy, because you are walking through that right now and it's independent. This is when they've been kind of weaned off of that waterfall and they're moving out of your house and they are going to operate life for the most part on their own.
0: Let me tell you, we're calling this the independence phase, but I'm just going to be real. It's the promised land. It is the promised <laughs> <land>. <laughs> what it. <laughs> this is just the sweet spot of parenting. It is so, so much fun, guys. Because, you know, I look back on the waterfall stage when I was drinking all the <laughs> intake and I was where Kim is. Oh my gosh, is this ever going to stop? And I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad I listened all those times. But what's cool is after having gone through all four stages, you know, like the build, the waterfall, the wean, now I'm at a place where she'll call me and she'll just like say, this is what's going on. And then, you know, maybe a professor has said something that kind of rubbed her the wrong way. And then we'll talk about it. And then um, like, I'll get her take on it. And then we move on and I don't, I'm like, she's got it. She's got Jesus. She's got Jesus guiding her. He knows way better than I do. It's just a really cool place in parenting, this young adult independence phase where you see them doing their thing. And then, but you also see them sometimes where they're maybe in a new space or a new situation. And that's really cool too, because then they'll call and they'll be like, Hey, is this normal? Like, is this okay? And and that's really cool too because again it goes back to phase 1 I'm I'm the safe place and that's why it's so important you know you're building a different kind
1: of safe place. You know, it's it's a mature one. It's where it's two adults and where, you know, it, you're not parenting in the same way, which is really cool. Like you said, that's a really beautiful kind of full circle moment. And you get to see the fruit of all your hard work and all the time that you spent raising these kids. So it is it is a really, I've heard,
0: it's a very sweet <laughs> spot
1: to be in. And um, I think too, the important part about this one is, you know, they're, separating from you in a way so that they have the capacity to now pour that into someone else. They need to be building a safe place with their future husband or wife or dear friends. It's a natural process where they're not going to be as close to you and sharing everything with you because it's time for them to do that with someone else. And so that's also really exciting to see them grow in that way. That's the way it's supposed to be.
0: Well, and dang, one thing that I, I mean, God is amazing, right? Because... When I started implementing open communication in our our home, it was really just, I need to keep my kids safe online and filters aren't catching it. So I want them to tell me like that was the solution, right? I didn't even think about the ripple effect of open communication. And I Mm -hmm. think in this independence phase, I'm seeing it more than I realized. What I mean by that is just what you said, Kim, as she's going out and, you know, has an employer now and, you know, has different types of relationships, different types of friendships and that sort of thing. She is implementing open communication in her healthy relationships. And that is, that's not something I set out to do. Like I didn't, you know, I just wanted to, I just want to save my kid from porn. That's all I'm <laughs> doing. Right. And so, but, but that's the cool thing about God and following God. You know, if you seek solutions in his word, they have, they have bigger ramifications than what your even little brain can process And I think that's the really cool thing here that, that I'm learning right now in this independence phase. So
1: these four phases, you know, we have walked through them. I meet mamas all the time. And I know you do too, Mandy, that are in one of the phases and they feel like something's wrong. And it usually is just a normal part of this process, but yes, pay attention to what's going on with your kid and dig in there. Don't give up in the phases. Like we were saying, it's so easy to want to quit. But they're all so, so important. And they lead to this beautiful full circle moment where your kid is off doing open communication in their own life. And so it's built, you know, building that safe place, waterfall, wean, and independent.
0: I just want to say to the parents on the waterfall stage, don't hate us, and you got this. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, listening, and sharing our podcast. Because of you, this show is in the top 5% of over 2.9 million podcasts.
1: We have lots of resources for you from counseling to live events, or if you have a show idea or a question for our team, visit our website at nexttalk.org. We'd
0: love to hear from you. At Next Talk, we're more than cyber parenting. It's conversations to connect. This podcast is not intended to replace the advice of a trained healthcare or legal professional or to diagnose, treat, or otherwise render expert advice regarding any type of medical, psychological, or legal problem. Listeners are advised to consult a qualified expert for treatment.